Super quick intro this week. My guest this week is Noor Kudwai. We did the weekend together in Winnipeg and we had a chance to chat for uh, just under an hour in the hotel there and uh, I really enjoyed getting to know him and I'm sure you will as well. He has his own podcast that he's coming out with and uh, all of the stuff he's promoting will be in the description below. Uh, please enjoy this episode of Outside the Party with Noor Kidwai. All right. So you feeling better this morning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So we're here in Winnipeg, and the fun thing is we were actually on the same flight in and uh, didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you no know. kidding. What seat were you in? Uh, 10F. Okay, so I think I walked by you on the way to my seat, but yeah, it's, no uh, I was 17E, <laughs> and, I, and we were talking yesterday that you didn't know that there was a chihuahua. Yeah, I saw it and hear any of that. Yeah, so. the the chihuahua is, it was literally like I was in the middle seat and then the the window seat underneath that chair was the chihuahua because mm-hmm. you know you put it in the, under the seat in front of you. Yeah, of course. So like like just intermittent, you know, when the pressure I guess got too much for its ears, <laughs> there would just be like yapping for like you know five ten minutes and then it would stop. <laughs> it's like. So it was uh, it was interesting. Luckily, I had the Beats, you know, noise canceling, so they did their job for the most part. Nice. That's yeah. always a good thing. <laughs> Call it a win. But yeah, that was an interesting night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, we walked over to after we got our hotel rooms that we had to wait for because they didn't have our names, and we were. I, I was panicking like a little bit, you know? <laughs> and then but we just went down to the club and then they had to straighten it out. But uh, we walked over to another venue where they usually have an open mic, but there wasn't an open mic. Uh, they had a, like a book show, so uh, Nick Nemiroff from came from LA to do a show there. So yeah, man, we, that sounds like a great audience too. Yeah, I was just I was mad that we didn't get a chance to have a crack with them because yeah, it was no like kidding. attentive and and you know interested and laughing and you know oh yeah all those like, things. It was that, and like a young crowd, like you know you could go up there and just smash it. Like I really uh, yeah really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, but you gave me that joint. God damn, did that like put me over? Like I think if I like <laughs> when I first got into the venue, I was just like, yeah, let's, I wish I could get up here. I was feeling so good. Like the joint was just rolling through me. And then it just fucking. I just went into some panic attack. It where took I just, a turn my, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. My like, I honestly I haven't had that like from smoking weed really before like i've had it from edibles where i've had like a little bit of a panic attack but this was like another level that was uh that was <laughs> yeah yeah i just remember i was like i i went and uh they had like fried chicken there that looked pretty good so i got an order of fried chicken and i, I ordered it and then i sat down and then he was like hey, could you just uh just sit with me <laughs> yeah yeah no honestly like uh <laughs> it was just like just just sit, just, just a couple just of hang times, out. man. Like, <laughs> if you ever had that feeling where you're like about to like go unconscious, like yeah. your whole body just like starts to fail, and like you just like I had that a couple times, and I'm just like this, like I this is new, like yeah. I like I have no idea what the heck's going on. Definitely an experience, I'll call it that. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. And like uh, I got like so intense for a few times, like 
I remember telling myself, like, in my head, I was just like, all right, this is, like, a sign. I got to change my ways. Like, you know, and, like, in my head, I'm making all these God, prom- yeah, I make it through. Yeah, no, I'm making I'll, all I these promise promises I'll be to myself. Person. Oh, yeah, I was just like, oh, please, oh, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be better. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop smoking. got to just stop <laughs> doing all this shit. It was, uh, man, that was an experience. That was fun. Yeah, so, and then we came back to the hotel, and uh, we should mention that this is newer. It'll say on the description, but we're here in Winnipeg. We're mm-hmm. doing uh, crickets together. Uh, me and Alex Rovazani are featuring, and you're headlining, and uh, the club is, I've not, never been here before, but it looks like a really cool room, right? Oh, it's, it's a, a, yeah, it looks like a fun room. I like how yeah. it's set up down there. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because, like, there's different levels. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wonder how they see people if, like, they fill, <coughs> fill up the center and then put them on the sides. I hope so. Uh, yeah, like, those are one of those kind of shows. Like, if everyone's spread out, it can be a little weird. But if they sell that thing out, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice when you, because I started in Toronto, it's nice when you get to do stand up not in Toronto. <laughs> mm. It's always exciting because chance to get a different type of crowd, audience. <coughs> oh my God, there's something back in my throat. <laughs> Man, I, well, like I started in Edmonton. <coughs> oh, bad uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. St- I started in Edmonton and uh, yeah, then moved. That's when I was going to school. Then I moved to Calgary, spent about seven years there, and then I moved to Toronto. So, like, yeah, I've seen like kind of all the different types of scenes you can see in this country and like traveled all over. So, uh, yeah, it is nice to get like longer sets in and come to places where like uh, at least you're usually getting an audience. And like um, the one thing is you come to a smaller place, like you have people who are happy to see comedy. You know, they actually yeah. are like, oh, I'm so happy you guys came in and they're grateful. So it like kind of gives it like a cooler vibe. In Toronto, sometimes it's just like they see make so much me laugh, of, monkey. Yeah, they're a little bit more. Uh, they yeah, yeah, exactly. They kind yeah. of have a little bit of attitude with it, which I like. I have no problem with it. When I moved to Toronto, I kind of I kind of like that because it was like okay, now it's like uh, Toronto makes you develop a personality. Like mm-hmm. when I moved to Toronto, I realized I'm like, hey, I'm good at writing jokes. I'm I can do my time on stage. I can like go and like do a gig get paid and like everyone's going to be happy and all the parties but i'm like oh here you come to toronto i'm like here you develop a personality that can actually like resonate to, to like larger audiences and like you can actually well like, you have to give like you a career in toronto a lot of the times like you have to convince them to listen to you mm-hmm. right like and yeah. that's how you develop a personality yeah, yeah. right and like, like you know the bar shows where you have to if you they don't like you in the first minute and a half they're never going to start listening. Again. Yeah. And like, will you lose their attention? So like, um, yeah, no, I noticed like a lot of shows just cause there's a lot of like shitty attended shows in Toronto. So like you have a ton of like talk, like crowd work. So that's how you kind of build up a personality. You have yeah. a, you have a ton of, uh, trying to get people's attention, like you were saying. So like, that's also like, uh, just from experimenting with that and like kind of going back and forth and trying different things out, you end up like, slowly figuring out about yourself and find out what makes people like you and like you kind of can like yeah. uh yeah you figure that shit out so uh yeah, i like that with toronto and then yeah i like also now coming on the road and doing both and going back and forth and uh being able to do like a longer set and i've noticed that my longer sets are a lot simpler now just because like doing an hour now is just kind of a breeze on stage just because it's just like uh 
I got a little bit more personality than I did like mm -hmm. from last year. So I'm like, I feel like it's just like I connect with audiences a lot more and they like me a lot more uh, right away. And, um, and like, uh, yeah, because yeah. like basically, I mean, I'm just going to tell you things you know, but the people that listen, they don't know this. But basically, what your goal is, is to try and be as comfortable as possible in the least comfortable type of situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, because for most people, when are you your most funny? It's when you're with people you know really well mm -hmm. and you're comfortable and you know you can just say anything and have fun with your friends, right? Yeah. And, you're not and we're trying to do that with strangers on stage. Exactly. Who have been drinking, who are a lot of the times are a little bit more rowdy that like, and then you're always trying to fight against that one, that those few people in the room that are probably just thinking, I'm funnier than this guy, mm -hmm. right? And then you, you know that when those people come up, you have to know how to handle them, shut them down, and still get keep them on your side, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you got to kick them out. But like, you know, and yeah, that's like, you're, you're you're trying to get into that optimal situation in a very difficult environment. Normally. It's true, and uh, comfort's like exactly the right word to say. Like, I think uh, a ton of people. Um, even like for me it took me like years to get like comfortable on stage consistently mm -hmm. you know like uh, in the first five years like I would, I would have a few sets like here or there where I'm like oh I felt really comfortable there and I felt like I was like a really good comic but like to get consistently comfortable man it took me like eight nine years and like uh, now it's like okay I can go on stage and pretty much 99% of the time I'm like feeling comfortable beforehand but that is a huge thing like fucking when your nerves start to come down you have to have ways to either like calm them down or have ways to like not let them really interfere with you and like leverage um, it into a different type of energy mm -hmm. right yeah uh, the audience will be able to sniff out uh, any kind of uncomfortableness yeah. or any kind of nervousness i like to take my fear and like just channel it's like yeah, you're afraid, but like you, you have all this energy. Just channel it into the how you perform it. Just, yeah, like, hey, just let it fuel you, right? Uh, like rather than stop you. Yeah, I forget where I heard this, but somebody was telling me like anxiety is like very, very similar to excitement. So it's just like one of those things. Like when you feel that anxiety or nervousness kind of rushing through you, if you can just like just kind of start telling yourself no 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 i'm excited i'm excited and i'm excited you can actually like kind of channel that energy into that and yeah. like like you said it'll like uh, end up being in your performance a lot more yeah yeah it's awesome so the first question i want to ask you uh pursuant to the podcast is uh, pretty simple we're gonna we're gonna go through a little like roller coaster of a story right. uh, we're gonna start off with a nice little trough and we'll go with uh I just want you to tell me about the, what you think when I ask a question, what first jumps into your head. Okay. Just tell me about the worst day of your life. Worst day of my life. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, just nice and light. Yeah, breezy, yeah. Breezy, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, I guess like... Small uh, talk. Yeah, like uh, when I was like in like grade seven, like uh, my mom actually like attempted suicide once and like I had to fucking like go to the hospital and like see her getting like her stomach pumped and shit and like just see her in like the most miserable spot of her life and uh yeah that that was a very confusing fucking uh shitty time for me wow. and like yeah even that pain fucking like I feel it in me like over the years and like I've seen how it like actually influences my behavior I've dealt with it a lot mm. like I fucking uh 
Well, I mean, in ten years on stage, I'm sure you've <laughs> you you've purged some of uh, some of your feelings about it. But, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And like, uh, I think a lot of it was also just kind of understanding. Like, it gave me like a real uh, a real fear of like uh, people hurting themselves. Like, I I had that. Like, any time I saw like one of my friends or somebody like go through something bad it would give me such anxiety and i would just be like oh hey, hey buddy are you okay okay and i got well sometimes you just need be, to change it into excitement you know? yeah don't get it don't get it oh he's gonna hurt him <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and even like most of the time like or 95 percent of the times it would be completely baseless i'm just like yeah. overreacting but i used to get that fear constantly and it's like definitely calmed down to me in the last few years well like that's what i've heard about a lot of people that go through trauma like you get a really good radar or you get a get to be really comfortable with pattern recognition Mm. and so you're always trying looking out for the things that go into the pattern that you recognize as something that's hurt you right Mm -hmm. and then you you have such a heightened i guess a radar to that that you know the littlest things will make you think that it's going to always end this way right mm-hmm. so like you, you know that makes sense that anytime anyone's upset or anything it's like i know where this could lead so that's where i'm going to expect it to go mm-hmm. right and uh yeah so like do you think that that influenced why you first got on stage like what made you uh... first w- want to like you know this is not an easy road to go down no right? like you just described it that you you, you know before a uh, uh, it took you years to get comfortable on stage. It took you years to, yeah, yeah. to get to the place where you wanted and knew that this is like a viable thing for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to start, right? Because that always influences what keeps you going. Yeah, of course. Um, when I was younger, me and my dad used to watch like comedy uh, shows. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock was our favorite. And like watching his specials, I remember just like seeing him like just seeing how fucking like smart i thought his jokes were and i was just like man did you perform man. his uh, his famous bits for your friends oh fucking all the time i had his like i had all of his specials like memorized for like uh for a long time and like yeah so i like watched him and <laughs> I'm then like picturing a young nor black guys <laughs> yeah yeah no, exactly but <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no i would uh i would be doing all of his bits oh, man i God. fucking loved him and uh I just thought how powerful that was. And like, I, then I started like seeing George Carlin and then he just fucking blew me away. And I was just like... It's crazy how powerful because mm-hmm. you see like, you know, you watch these videos. It's hundreds of people there or thousands of people there and millions of people that you know have watched this and mm-hmm. been engaged by it. And it's just oh, a guy in a microphone. Oh, it's insane. And like when I saw that... And his I mean, thoughts. And like I just loved the whole idea of like being able to change somebody's mind by making them laugh. I thought that was just so fucking cool. So like... Uh, it's an amazing power. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't know, I was a smart kid when I was growing up. And I like I went to school. I was thinking of going into medicine. Um, and uh, like... spirits. Yeah, yeah. So like once I started... Uh, like doing I started doing a little improv with some friends and like once I started doing stand-up and I was like because at first like just looking at Chris Rock and George Carlin in my head I'm like there's no fucking way I can do that like yeah. that's just this like that's just something completely not me and then like once well, I you, you always think it's like he's the guy like he's the guy yeah yeah and you don't and then you, you don't get older know. and you realize like he's just a guy and you realize oh it took him fucking years to even get to where he is and like yeah. he just pursued something and you're like okay so like yeah after a while like when when i first we were doing improv you think and someone's then, supposed to like tap you on the shoulder it's like no this is what you're yeah. supposed to 
like you realize that like everyone's just like I'm gonna do this, and yeah. then like you know a ton of people told them no, and they're just like I'm still gonna do this. No, and that's uh, the attitude I took. So once I like actually started performed a stand up uh, routine, I like was just like I completely changed my mind and went okay, I can do this, and I uh, yeah, and I just uh, started doing it and. Uh, yeah, never stopped. And like, it's like, yeah, this is such like a self-discovery kind of uh, thing. I will always wanted a job that's like, even like looking at medicine, like you, I think you were telling me you didn't want to like fucking have to be regurgitated information. Yeah, I didn't want to next. memorize things yeah. for eight years. So like, I kind of felt that like, because I, I did a lot of memorization. I did my BSc. Oh, I'm good at it. Yeah, like, and like, I'm good I, at it too. I, and like, I just like kind of was like, I'm not even growing did at you this have this, anymore. Uh, this, I call it in myself, it's uh, it's like the, the, you know, most arrogant thing I'll say about myself. is like, intellectually, I had an embarrassment of riches because I, whatever subject or topic I would throw myself into, I could get good at. If I put the time and I and I put my, my effort into into trying to understand things or into into trying to like learn something, I could get good at it. Right. Mm. And so I ran into this thing where it's like, I'm good at all of these things that I can put my mind to. What do I choose? Mm. Right? Like did you ever have that that, that type of feeling or, or like did you you know, before you could get there, you got pulled in a certain direction. Uh, yeah, like, uh, the only two things I've ever fucking thought about pursuing was medicine and comedy, so I didn't really <laughs> ever kind of, like, think about anything else. But, like, yeah, I think I did have a little bit of that, hey, like, uh, and I think my parents were great parents. They brought me up saying, like, hey, you can do anything. But they told me, like, fucking do medicine. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, you can do anything, but fucking do Is medicine. That's right? the uh, pigment of your skin. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, um, like, those are the only two things I ever thought about doing. And, like, once I saw comedy was viable, and, like, in my head, I'm like, you know what? Comedy is way more challenging than medicine. In my head, I felt that. Yeah. I, well, I don't know like, if it's true. Well, I think well, I personally the thing is, think with, it is. With medicine, you have these moments where you have to prove yourself. Yeah. Like, you need to prove yourself in, in, in school, like, and do well in your exams yeah, to get good marks. And yeah. then you need to get, uh, you need to pass, do your MCAT, MCAT yeah. do really well on that to get into med school. Med school. And, that's and like then med drain. school, like, you need just need to get through that. And then you, you need to do your, your residency. Your residency. Yeah. You do your residency, then you become a full doctor. Then you might have to open your own practice. And then you have to, it's yeah. like customers and, come hey, in. Like, don't right? And there's all, the, the, all those spots, right? Whereas comedy... Every time you get on stage, you have to prove that you're you're good enough to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Like every like doesn't matter. Like yeah, you could have a reputation, but like every time you get on stage, like this, you need to prove it to the people that are in front of you. And also, like there's no guarantee with anything in comedy. No. You can fucking be you can lose everything the next day if it just like if it just stops working or something. Right. You know, like right. with the. Uh, Medicine, like you have that little bit of a financial thing in yeah. your head where you're like, okay, like once I get to this stage, like I know I'm going to be at least fucking um, able to, you know, you're a doctor then mm-hmm. and like it has some prestige. Yeah. And, like, like, you know, when you go down that route, uh, there's a lot of good things that like kind of come with it. Options. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, I also like saw like doctors and stuff in my family and just people I knew and I, it just kind of like. A lot it, of unhappy it, people. Yeah. And a lot of people who are just overworked. So, like, when it comes to working, don't get me wrong, doctors fucking work harder than almost anybody Dude, I know. Dude, you're technically working right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, right. like, uh, we're, we kind of, like, work in a very different yeah, way. Yeah. But, like, 
Yeah, so like doctors, like uh, they work, you know but like the, I the, think that growth thing. I yeah. think they stop growing a little. But I, I saw it in so many people in my family and shit. Where like, well, comedy you have to constantly yeah. evolve. Right? If you like, and if you don't, you're dead. And uh, like and sharks. it's a constant challenge. Yeah, we're like so. sharks. You have to keep swimming or you yeah. die. Right. The only way you breathe is by continually moving mm-hmm. forward. That's a good metaphor. I'm gonna keep that. I like it. It's a simile. It's a Because I said like. Yeah. If I just said we are sharks. Then it's a metaphor. <laughs> Ooh, wow! Literary references. Oh, good. That's so fun. So, what's your? Uh, can you remember when you first thought like you were you're funny? Like, what I mean by that is like, I I, I always like would crack jokes with friends or with family and stuff. Um, I remember I can't remember what the, what the joke was, but like I remember we were at a dinner party or like a family dinner or something, mm. and it was the first time where I reused material. Mm. Like I I knew a story or a joke that that had worked before, and then I steered the conversation to that, and then I I brought up the thing that I knew was already <laughs> funny, you know? yeah, yeah. and then murdered at the table. Yeah, yeah. I remember that it's like yeah that was probably like the first time in that situation me doing like stand up right because mm. like improv like you just come up, that's just living life right where yeah. stand up it's like these are the, my thoughts and like I'm gonna bring them to you. When I want you to hear them, right? Yeah. Did you ever have like a moment where you could think like that? Ah, uh, when I was younger, like I think I just had like a lot of uh, friends in like elementary and junior high that I like. There was certain people that you just feel comfortable cracking jokes with. So I had a bunch of those guys, and like, yeah, with them I would just be able to kill it a ton. And yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's when I was just like, hey, I'm funny, and I like. It was just like with me, it, I had to be around the right people. I was also a very shy kid, so like. If yeah. I was around people who are more popular than me, or like I thought they were too cool or whatever, like I fucking would like definitely right. like go into my shell. But like with a few of my friends, like bang, I would just fucking always be cracking jokes and like 100%. yeah, I would love it. <laughs> yeah. So what? What's like the worst bomb you've ever had doing stand up? Uh probably uh, this was in Edmonton. I think it was like my eighth, ninth time on stage. So I went and did this one show and I fucking killed it. And like, uh, that was probably my best show at the time. And I was like, oh, damn, like, I'm great. <laughs> and like, you're just feeling good. And this uh, comic there, his name's Sterling Scott, uh, fucking hilarious dude. Um, so he came and he was telling me like, yo, dude, I got this uh, Def Jam show on Saturday that uh, I can't do. Like, I, the guy's looking for a new one and you're fucking hilarious. You want to take my spot? And I was like, yeah, fucking let's do it. And so I went to this Def Jam show. It's like uh, in a Ramada Hotel ballroom. And it's like one of those ballrooms with a fucking tall roof. So it's oh, just perfect like, for comedy. Yeah, yeah. So the sound, like the laughter just drowns out. It just sounds so bad to like do a comedy show in there. Yeah. And there's like 400 people. It's all like uh, a black crowd who like... Uh, if you ever have like performed in a black crowd, sometimes they can be very unforgiving. Like they can sniff out uh, you weak- suck. Yeah, they can they can sniff out weakness like immediately. Uh, yeah. And, have you uh, ever had like the the, the compliment though? Um, what I mean by that is like I've been in a rowdy room and there was a black guy front row and and I I was a couple minutes into my set and he just went like he lo- stood up, looked at everyone else, was like, "Yo, shut the fuck up." Ha, 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 Want to hear what this guy has to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was on stage, I was like, huh? 
Yeah, you're like, Fuck oh, up. thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, buddy. <laughs> it's like, like, try to act all cool. It's like, yeah, yeah, respect, man. Like, But inside, I'm like, oh, my God, he likes me. <laughs> oh, man. And okay, so this guy, yeah. the MC of the show, they have this weird-ass mic. I've never seen a mic like this before again or after. Like, I've just never seen a mic like this. It was like a silver stick. And on one side is where you speak into, but you couldn't, it's not like a mic head. It doesn't look like a head. So the fucking MC asshole like hands me the mic upside down and like I've never fucking And it's wireless? Yeah, and so like I've never like spoken into one of these things. So I started speaking into the mic backwards and like you I like was looking at the crowd, you could just see them giving me like that dumb face, like who the fuck's this idiot, right? Yeah. And like so I like flip over the mic and like the MCs just like turn it around, you idiot. And, like, you know, four hundred people, yeah. I start going into a, my joke and it's just bombing, bombing, and then like within a minute the crowd just starts like talking to each other over me. Mm. And which is just like the most fucking like oh, it was just fucking brutal. So, like, yeah, I ended up fucking, like, just bombing so hard, and I just walked straight out that fucking building. I was wow. like, yeah. That was rough. That's that's a rough one. 400. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was, like, my eighth or ninth time on stage. So, it was, like... I mean, it's I also, no... like, like hindsight, terrible environment for stand-up. Like, yeah. you know, wasn't a high chance that you would have done well anyways, even if you hadn't, like, messed up at the beginning, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a very difficult room to do well in. Like the worst bomb I had was at a uh, a music uh, open mic at this like little dive bar. Like I just went in, like they had music, and I was like, "Hey, like I'm a comedian, can I do some time?" And he was like, he, he I literally just walked in. And he was like, "Yeah, you want to do like 15 minutes?" And like this was my like you know, you know, a month into stand up, month oh, and a nice. bit, like you know. And I was just like, I was like, and like internally, like I didn't have the you know the wherewithal to know that this was about to go very badly <laughs> but i i was like oh my god awesome like i get to 15 minutes i'm like touching my girlfriend at the time i'm like hey like i'm gonna get to do 15 minutes it's great right like, yeah. and so i walk in uh I, I and i'm sitting down like they just have, it's all just like bands like you know people in their 40s you know, doing their like garage bands mm-hmm. for each other basically right mm-hmm. there is like a very dispersed audience there's probably maybe 18 people there right in the whole bar maybe 20 and so I get up there, and I do one joke, nothing. Right? Do second joke, nothing. I go on for twelve minutes, with almost no laughs. <laughs> I got one laugh on one joke for this lady in the back that had this scowl on her face the whole time. Like she was, oh, just like, yeah. she was so angry. But I did this one joke, and I got her to laugh. Nice. And like that's what I got off stage. I was like, I said it to the mic. I fucking got you. I got you to laugh. And then I was just like, thank you for your time. <laughs> and my back. And I was sitting there like, and I had my, like my beer was like half done, so I had to, to set back down amongst these people. <laughs> <laughs> and I had just eaten bags of dicks in front. Of <laughs> it was just oh god. Yeah, I still like when I talk about it. I still sweat a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, there's uh... just terrible memory. But let's ride that wave in a different direction. Like, what, what's, what's the best set you ever had? Uh like, and uh, I got invited to like a festival in Calgary. Uh, I got to do their gala show. Um, mm. It was like eighteen hundred people and like the big theater there. And fucking like, yeah, I fucking nailed it. And like, uh, how long did you do? 
It was just like a 10 minute spot, but like, mm-hmm. man, 1800 people, like, it's just like a fucking I mean, different world. That's a domino effect, right? Like, you get the laughs, and like, and it, oh, and like yeah. you know, in that type of environment, you just, can you, you must be able to, can you hear them like start and then keep going? Like, yeah, it kind of feels like, like it's just like such a different wave that you're getting hit with. Like, uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, it was my. Uh, you, I can't remember like do you laugh at your own jokes like in your act like do you like do you like uh, smile or, or I, like, I or, smile or you... a little bit um i'm trying to get because i've rid seen of you that. at like like you know different types of shows so mm-hmm. like I, I i don't think i've ever seen you in like the ideal conditions right? yeah 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 uh like uh i try not to laugh at my own stuff i mm. think that can be a little distracting but like uh yeah i sometimes because i'm just thinking about like like um you know i feel like the first time you experience that type of laughter if you're like a deadpan act, like where you don't crack and like that's your your persona, right? So like it, in order for it to continue going well, you have to keep that that visage or like you know that that gruff exterior or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. How do you do that when like it's the first time having you know two thousand people basically laughing at your your things coming out of your mouth? Like how how do you just like bury that inside yourself right oh it's experience and i think it's like doing it so much that uh i think it's doing it so much that you're i guess you're so uh, nervous that you're just like i'm gonna do my thing like no matter what happens once i got on stage the nerves went away once i got that first laugh i was like "Ooh, here we go you're in the pocket yeah yeah and now i'm good it's great and like uh yeah, and, like, you have so much experience, you know, like, how to stay in your kind of pocket, like, a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think Louis C.K. said that uh, when he kind of became, like, figured out how to become a good comic was one where he's, like, stay inside the joke, stay in your character of what you're saying, the joke. So, like, yeah, if you are saying it, like, with, like, a little angry or or whatever kind of tone that you're yeah. giving that joke with, yeah, like, when you hit that punchline, stay with that tone. That's what he uh, said that... Uh I think it might be like the same quote, but he's saying it a different uh, in a different environment. Mm. Uh, talking about like when he started doing touring with uh, Jerry Seinfeld with big audiences, yeah. he was like eighteen or nineteen or something. Right? Oh shit! And, and he uh, and he he it was his first time like getting like big laughs, <clears throat> and he didn't know how to deal like with the the pauses, like because he had to pause while they stayed laughing, right? Like, mm. and he was used to just like motoring on to the next thing. Yeah. So he asked like Jerry, like, "What do you? How do you deal with this?" And he's just like, Jerry just told him, "Just stay in the bit." Yeah. Like, like if you said like like, "Damn, say hell," like like just say a, a, a paraphrase the thing you just said, you'll get and- a second laugh. And then that'll take you into like the next thing. Yeah, right? and keep the keep your face like the way it is. Yeah. Like sometimes if you say like a punchline yeah. where your face is a little uh, incredulous, or yeah, angry, yeah, if you're sorry, like yeah. yeah, or even if you're just like sometimes like I say a lot of punchlines where I have like a dumb face on like what like I yeah. kind of give that like what or like yeah. this are you stupid that kind of face yeah. but like you keep kinda that like a furrowed brow yeah 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 and you keep that fucking <laughs> face and like uh let them laugh and then if you keep that face and like uh they they look at you and they're they they get another laugh out of it and then like uh they're more engaged but like sometimes i used to do it too sometimes you get it just on like a sigh yeah like you'll just you say a punch and you get a laugh and then you just go like and then that gets like a bigger laugh than the thing you just said (laughs) and like like you said it just gives flow to your bit because like you're just in the bit the whole time so you want people to lose themselves in you, in your yeah. bit where they're just like in there and they're listening to the next yeah. one, the next one. But like I used to do it where if I got a big laugh, 
I would sometimes laugh too because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna laugh and like I'm happy. Yeah, so you're, I laugh, you're just but excited like, about yeah, the, but yeah. then it then all of a sudden it takes you out of the bit, and then yeah. it kind of seems like, oh, you're like, yeah, like you know, it takes the illusion away a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I the way I perform is like is kind of like. Uh, jovial and silly hmm. so like i'm like it's me like just being like hey like like let's do this thing right because like i have a very you know if i if i go deadpan it's like i have a very intimidating face like i look angry if hmm. i don't have any type of expression on my face hmm. and so like you know i have to overcompensate for the, for that like so i smile and like i have my my eyes are wide like i'm i might use my face very expressively hmm. so it's like it, it's it's interesting that it's like you're doing the same thing as the the other guy, but like how you do it is completely different in order to make it work for you. That's the crazy thing. That's what I like. You're saying it's 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 it is harder than medicine because like you uh, no one can tell you how to do this. I don't know. You, you have, have to, to figure out it. what works for you, like yeah. just you, right? Yeah. And 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 that's the only way to do it well. You can't do it like someone else because mm-hmm. then you're just doing it like them. Like you have to do it like you. And trying to find what you is is so much fun and so hard. You know, that's that's what I love is like the, I, I love how difficult this is. No, it is uh, very difficult. And even like now that I'm in the stage where I'm like trying to build a brand, build a fucking um, like actual career out of this. Like, yeah, I'm realizing like okay, like you got to fucking put in a lot of effort and like a lot of fucking. Um, like you gotta think like a lot. Well, you're lot the whole about, fucking company, yeah, yeah. Right? And you gotta think about it a lot, and like uh, you gotta be the really work on it, the, yeah. And know. like uh, so, like yeah, no, I, I got nothing res- about respect for like people who can make it in this game, and like uh, I, I love it for that, and I, I like I wanted a challenge, that's why I did it. So I'm pretty happy. Fucking, I stuck <laughs> with it, right? Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm, you know, it's, I'm glad that it got us here, right? Like mm. we get to hang out because we both do this. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good day. Uh, so keeping it rolling with this next question, I, uh, if you, it's kind of morbid, but like it's got a you know good heart in it. If you died tomorrow, what can you say that you've done in your life that has left the world a better place than you got it? Uh, I think I would say I've been like. Uh... I've been kind to most of the people in my life. I've never been a mean person. I've been a very kind guy and like encouraging. Your whole not life's a net positive. Right? Yeah, yeah, like so. I think like a lot of the people I've uh, interacted with will just definitely like uh, go out with like uh, okay, like this guy used to like encourage me and help me. I've helped a lot of comics like coming up and encourage them and stuff and like got them better and given them opportunity and stuff. So I think. That, that's like yeah. that's a great thing that I, I, I've had the pleasure of experiencing, and also the, it's the pleasure of seeing the other side of how people can act. Uh, being a new comic coming in, and especially like I guess in my situation that I've gotten, I've progressed a lot farther in my the time I've been doing it than most people, mm. right? And so I've gotten to be, get like good opportunities and be in, in positions doing this, like be, spending time with real headliners that are like, and when. I've experienced like I've been lucky enough that a lot of them have been super nice. Like they've been treated me super kindly, been been like extremely over the top, uh, just kind, and they didn't have to be. Like I, I realized that like you you hang out with some other comics who like when you're new, when you it's the first time or second time seeing them, and they're like, oh, you're an open micer. Like they can treat you pretty dismissively, like oh, yeah, and, and like course. you know, and and seeing that. But then when you meet people who are like 
who you feel have the license to be that way, and they're not. Yeah. Like when you like when I, I first met you, it's like this guy's super nice. He's mm. super kind. It's like oh, and he has like a reputation going in front of him. Like he didn't have to like spend that time being that nice to me, right? Mm. Like uh, like case in point, like my third time doing stand up, uh, going to a a a, a gig, um, Nigel Grinstead. This is a year, like just over a year ago. Nigel Grinstead like added me to the Toronto community. Like he, he spent the time. He's just like, oh yeah, like you know, oh if you want to get into more shows, like you need to go on here. This is where they post and nice. stuff. And just spent like you know fifteen twenty minutes like just telling me go. things. Yeah, that's. So and it's cute. like, oh, then I found out after the fact. It's like, oh he did, like he did not have to do that at all. No, he didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's just uh, I like that you know people get successful and are still kind. You know? mm-hmm, of I, course, it's so nice. That's what I try and do, like for you know, when I meet people that just start, because like I'm so close to where they they they're at that like I know exactly how how nervous it is just to walk into a group of people that roast people for a living, mm. right? <laughs> and trying to like just keep your head down and get some sort of rapport going with them. <laughs> yeah, this is me just saying thank you. <laughs> yeah, no worries, my man. It's, fun. <laughs> it's good. Uh, so the uh, the final question that it, this is just you know bookended it's to make it like have a nice little positive ending is um, I just want you to tell me about the best day of your life. What I mean by that is like you know you have a favorite movie that you like to rewatch over and over again, mm. and every time you watch it you get new de- new details out of it. Mm. Um, just tell me about a day that you'd love to be able to wake up tomorrow and relive. You can't change anything. You can't do anything differently. You just get to experience it again and you know enjoy it. For whatever it is. That's an interesting question. I'll, I'll give you time to think about it. I'll just tell you about mine. I've said it before, so I'll say it really quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's my 19th birthday party. Um, it was at my parents' house, and it was December 27th. My birthday is December 9th, but like I was in exam, so we had to postpone it because uh, I was in university at the time. All of my friends came over. All of my uh, family came over. There was like you know probably forty five people in the house. Oh, uh, all these people that I, I love, and uh, we the party started at like five, ended at like two in the morning, three in the morning, uh, and we just uh, ate food, hung out. All every almost every single person that I cared about in the world was in the same room, like you know four walls, mm. and so it, it would just like at that moment I, I wasn't thinking about the future, I wasn't thinking about the past, I was just enjoying what was happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we did so many things. We had we had dinner, we watched a movie, we we played poker for hours, uh, we drank excessively. It was yeah, great. Yeah, it was yeah. an amazing. It was an amazing night. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to go back and relive that day. Oh, that's cool. Um, all right, I guess the way you were t- uh, saying that, it kind of. Uh, sparked a memory like uh so i ran this show in calgary called jupiter comedy me and another comedian uh, eric Steele, we started it so it was like uh this was our five-year anniversary and it was a weekly show like sold out every night very similar to the one we saw last night like that kind of vibe to it very like a, like a nice hip show like comics just loved performing there and uh yeah no i remember the fucking fifth anniversary of the show like me and my buddy were just like, all right, let's just kind of put it online. Like, hey, it's our fifth anniversary. Like, fucking, 
come on out and let's have some fun and we'll just like you know put up a bunch of like good comics and make it a fun show yeah but like yeah like it was just insane like we had a bunch of people fucking surprise us like comics from all over the fucking scene came out they brought like a cake for us and they were fucking like big celebrations and shit and everyone was just kind of like uh saying how much the room means to them and like yeah that whole night well i, I mean just, it just sounds like five years the environment you're you're describing sounds like a lot of the comics there would have had their best sets ever yeah. on that stage no a hundred percent you know like like that's just amazing you know speaking to the kindness earlier like you running that show probably convinced people to do stand-up or convinced people to continue 100%. doing stand-up right? and like uh it was like also all of those details were kind of lost on me because you just don't think about them when you're going right. through those times. So like uh, you're just doing the show because you wanted to get more stage time, and you know, and like and you're yeah, just being yourself and being yourself. Yeah, and like uh, no, after like uh, the, like that night, I freaking like was like yeah, I was just in such a good fucking mood, and like I really it hit home. Like holy shit, like we actually did something here, like. All of our friends from like my high school came out too. So like, mm. like even they were like, like I remember one one of my old friends was just telling me like, man, you actually are like fucking doing something. Like you're like actually creating a community here. And like that's one thing I was just like, yeah, you know what? We like actually did like this is like community here. People care for each other. And I know I've seen so many other comedy scenes like around the country that get very toxic and very competitive and are very like people talking shit about each other. But like during that time in Calgary, at that place, it was just, it was just very just friendly, encouraging, and everybody awesome. just having that like let's work hard and get better, and like we're so we're like all grateful we have like some good rooms in the city, and uh, yeah, we just helped each other out, and it was just like yeah, that night I remember just like even cutting the cake and like all the people like just bringing gifts and shit. It was just like what the fuck, like it was one of those things that just took me out of surprise i wasn't yeah. expecting to like it was just going to be another show for us where we right. were just going to be like happy five years but like it just turned out to be like a just a fucking great fucking night that's amazing mm -hmm. that's amazing so um is there anyone from there that you're you're still really close with that came to toronto with you or do you just get to see them when you go back out to calgary uh like there's some comics uh that were from there that came out and like yeah i'm friends with them they live in toronto um like uh, a lot of my closest friends are still in calgary um like yeah when i came out to toronto man it's like uh it like so i've been there for like a year and a half now almost two years uh like um yeah like i'm fucking it, it it was like hard the first year and like i like yeah even like having friends and stuff i didn't have too many that weren't uh comedians like that's I, hard I, like because you need to do stuff just to continue outside. being fine can be, continue being funny yeah. you have to be entertained yourself you have to have like you have to have a, you have to live a life worth comedy yeah. on, and you have to be having fun yourself right no exactly being funny. and like i needed to learn a little bit about that and like uh I like I have a lot of friends who are comedians that I can even like I could probably just call up and be like hey let's go out for a bite or something and yeah. like it would be like all of them would probably be like yeah let's do it like I'm just sometimes like I just like you know I get like uh, but you know you're I gonna don't... be talking comedy right like I like yeah. e even at my level like 
I like to just hang out with my old buddies from high school. Like, I like to just go and, like, we just talk shit about each other and, like, what's going on in our lives. And uh, sometimes we'll talk about, like, what I'm doing with, in comedy, but, like, most of the time we're not, that's not what we're talking about. And I like having that. I like having a, a conversation that's not about, you know, comedy or, or stand-up, right? Because when I hang out with my other stand-up friends, we're talking about stand-up and how we can get better at stand-up and what we're thinking about in premises for stand-up. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's very stand-up-centric conversation. No, 100%. Right? And uh, you need to recharge your battery. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, like uh, it's good to like uh, try to get friends outside of comedy too. Yeah. So like, uh, I got a little bit now in the city. I got some family and shit. So it's all yeah. It's like a little bit of a reset since I moved there. Like it was a. It's been kind of a reset like for a lot of who I am and like kind mm-hmm. of like learning about that shit. But like all of that's fucking great. Like I really. I really liked that and I needed that like Calgary was great I loved what I created there but like also like I like I told you about the five-year thing like I left around the seven-year mark mm-hmm. and that's kind of like when I was starting to feel like um, like I, I was starting to kind of feel like okay I'm no longer growing here I'm not changing right, right. and like those are just things that uh I well, started became, to do comedy because I wanted to be constantly well, you became growing. Big and fish, con- little pond. Right? Yeah, and like no, no. so, like it, it was basically that, and it was just like, yeah, I needed uh, to. And then move. you went to Toronto, you and big fish, bigger pond, right? Yeah, and it's like, uh, fucking, it all ended up working out. Um, like I, I ended and up. And now like, we're in Winterpeg doing comedy. <laughs> Yay, fucking rights, baby. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think we're going to pause this, and we'll record uh, yours, and uh, we'll have fun doing that. All right. Sick. Thanks, buddy.